You guys ready to start? Let's do this. Want to get into it? Yes. All right. Welcome to Tales from the Service Industry. My name is Bill. I'm your host. I've got Miss B joining us again. Hey, guys. And we have another new guest. Her name is Liz. She's joining us for the first time. Hi, team. So I don't know if Miss B explained it to you, Mm. but usually we try to ask for a little bit of background on our guests just to kind of give those that are listening kind of an understanding of your field, some of the things that you deal with, kind of where you've been. You don't need to be overly specific, (laughs) but if you could share a little bit with us. um, I've been in mostly private clubs for about nine years and been at a resort now just over a year. How are you enjoying your foray into hospitality? Oh, it's it's definitely interesting. It's a different different beast for sure. Interesting good or interesting bad? Or? Uh, you know, it brings different stuff every day. It Both. Ke- <laughs> it, ke- it keeps you on your toes. That's, that's for sure. But it's o- always so exciting and always rewarding in the long run. Let's yeah. just say that. Really long run. <laughs> yes. Yes. Day to day might be difficult, but when you're looking back at the month or the year, you always remember the good stuff. And some of the fun bad. Oh, the fun, bad, the good stories. The ones you go to a dinner party with. Or event with your friends about. <laughs> Those are the best. The, one, the ones at the dinner party are not usually the best because they're the ones that you have to edit. True. It's the stories with your friends that are the best. True. Oh, out at the bar. Oh, my God. You're not going to believe what happened. Yep. yep. Well, and Miss B knows this, but for Liz, that's kind of the heart of this podcast is let's share the stories that we share with our friends. That's right. the fun stuff, right? Yeah. Um, before we get into that, I did want to say thank you to new listeners. Folks listening from Monroe and Shoreline, Washington, mm-hmm. um, Brea and Newport Beach, California, wow. uh, Chandler and Phoenix, Arizona, St. George, Utah, uh, Wichita, Kansas, oh. um, Virginia Beach, Virginia, Washington, D.C. That one was interesting. Hmm. Nice. Um, hey, Mr. Prez. <laughs> Philadelphia, PA and international. We hit Paris, France and Cairo, Egypt. Okay. So going global. Thank you for your support and for sharing that with friends, family, whoever might find the podcast interesting. Thank you. Keep up the work. Yeah. Keep sharing. Most definitely. So let's get into it. Miss B, do you have any good stories from the week? I always start with the a-hole of the week. So I'll I'll start with this weekend because this weekend was a fun one. I'll do the one that I personally interacted with. So this gentleman, this was on Friday. He was staying at a Waterview suite and he came up to me. So he was due to check out on Friday and he was like, my keys aren't working. And I pulled up his reservation and I was like, oh, let's go to check out today. Were you looking to extend your checkout? And he's like, no, I, I'm here and I leave Saturday. And I said, no, we, we have you checking out today. And he's like, well, then mm. you guys made a mistake. And I, I said, oh, okay, do you have any confirmation that states that you're supposed to check out Saturday? And of course, he couldn't provide it. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and he's like, well, I made the reservation on the phone. I made it. Not my wife. I made it. You need to fix your mistake. And I said, oh, well, if you book the reservation on the phone, I can actually pull the recorded call. And I'll get to the bottom of this right away. You do that and mm. you let me know. Oh, okay. So I go into the back and I, I, you know when you just have a feeling you're like, this guy's full of shit. You've got the gut feeling. Full of shit. So I go into the back and one of my reservations agents was like, I remember that guy. No. she Yeah. She was like, I remember that guy. This is what he said. He, she's like, he was going to book it through Saturday, but then he found out the rate for Friday night was too high. So then he said, I'll go ahead and just book till friday she's like i remember that i did not screw up i was like honey i did not doubt that for a second so i went and pulled the recorded call well and i'm sure he had an email confirmation he did that's funny you say that too (laughs) so i went and pulled the recorded call and of course on the recorded call he everything that she described is on there he is indeed checking out friday because the rate was too high so I save it, I download it, I email it to him as requested, but I also attach a screenshot of the email confirmation and then a screenshot of the thing that shows the email address it was sent to and that it was opened by him. And it felt so <laughs> satisfying. And I'm typing out the email, be like, as requested, here is the audio recording of you booking your reservation. Here is your confirmation email. And also here's a receipt showing that you opened it. So I will be needing you to check out today. And I'm going to be charging you if you're later than one o'clock. Please let me know if you have any questions. Boom. (laughs) And I still had a feeling this guy was going to be a problem. 
and but i was leaving i flew out friday so i the manager that was coming after me i i I cc'd them on all the emails and i was like he's gonna be a problem call security on him get him the uh, out and i get a call later i'm like chilling i'm at the airport waiting to board my flight and she's like, oh, my God, you're not going to believe what this guy. I'm like, oh, do tell. And she's like, well, he came up to the front desk and then was like, you know, you guys need to compensate me because I'm having to move rooms. And she's like, sir, in the email as it. And he's like, you can't just penalize me because of you caught me saying something. But he, he flat out said, like, you caught me. But then was demanding he compensate her him mm-hmm. for having to move. And she's like, yeah, we're not going to do that. You have two options. <laughs> <laughs> option A, you can leave. Or option B, you stay, you pay full price, and I don't hear from you again. <laughs> and But he didn't Good choose either. I know, right? He didn't choose either of those options. Wow, option C. Yeah, he went with option C. wasn't even listed. The hidden menu. <sighs> secret the hidden menu. menu. Yeah, that secret menu. It's not always delicious. He chose to stay, be a big pain in the bootay. <laughs> and if I was there, I would have evicted him like no tomorrow. But my other manager is nicer, but she did not compensate that mother. So uh. what was option C? Um, Stay and be a big pain in the butt. Oh, gotcha. Option C was not offered to him. Yeah. But he took it gladly. Had I been there, option C would have been evict you and you pay anyways. But I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's not that crazy of a story. But literally in hospitality, by the way, uh, a lot of these calls are recorded. If you're absolutely sure you said something, go ahead and say that. Otherwise, you better be sure you said that because I can pull that recording and say, um, sir, no, that didn't happen. So this is a fact I did not know. Yeah, that's a thing. And it's not just hospitality. Like, you know, when you call a lot of lines and they say, this call is recorded for quality assurance. They're being serious. They're for, yeah, <laughs> they're being serious. And we can pull the receipts and we can show you the receipts. That's crazy. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I mean, it is. It, <laughs> it benefits you guys for sure. Oh my gosh, it's the best. So Liz, mm. do you have an A-hole of the week? Um, not of the week, but I do, I do have a story from last summer that has haunted me to this day. So it was a guest and we do, uh, watercraft rentals. So we were in a luxury property. Okay. So you're dealing with very interesting people sometimes. They rent a watercraft and we kind of, like you said, you have a gut feeling. You have a gut Mm -hmm. feeling that something is going to go wrong. Trust it. And you don't trust them on this watercraft out in the ocean. So they only rent for an hour. No big deal. We give them the safety spiel. They're supposed to be back in an hour. They don't come back. We try. We try. Like in an hour or they don't come back. So it (gasps) is dark. (laughs) Wait, what time of day did they rent this? Yeah. Uh, I would say four o'clock. So in the summer, that's, you know, three, four hours hours where we don't hear from them. (gasps) So we call the number on the confirmation, on the booking. We call the number of the person who filled out the paperwork, who was supposed to drive the watercraft. Of course. Was that different than who was on the watercraft? Correct. So it was like a driver and then there was guests? It was a friend who volunteered to drive. Whoever is the driver is fully liable for the watercraft, regardless of if they're on the hotel confirmation or not. Okay. But ultimately, like, we are going to contact, like, whoever the reservation was under. Okay. Call both numbers. Nothing. Of course, right? They're they're over two hours late at this point. I'm about to call Harbor Patrol and, like, start a, a search. Security is, we're well aware of it. Oh, yeah. So we're just kind of waiting, 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 waiting for this boat to come back. And finally... But I am, I'm gone for the day at this point. Because I'm like, I, I can't wait. What, what are we going to do? There, there's nothing to do. So finally I get a call. And it's 7.30 at night. Mm-hmm. And say, hey, we found the boat. Go, oh my God, oh, are they dead? Where was it? So our watercrafts are meant to come back to a specific place on property. Yeah. It is across property. On the edge of property. Oh. Mm-hmm. Not tied up damaged oh like just run aground it went under a bridge oh and you can significantly tell there is damage oops key is in it not tied up stranded basically 
So they, did they just like jump off? Oh yeah. So it was like they knew they damaged it. They're just gonna ditch it <laughs> and go on their merry way and enjoy their evening. Like they didn't <gasps> like sign a contract or any of that. That didn't resonate in their minds nope. that they signed this boat out. They gave their ID. They have your you have their phone number that we have a copy of uh, all of it. Ooh. So I get a call saying, "Hey, we found the boat. You know, here are photos of it." So all right, call security, get a report going. Uh, can you move it? Is it operational? So thank goodness it was only like cosmetic damage. No, okay. no damage to the motor, nothing like that. Okay. But now I'm like, I have this boat rented out for weeks on end. Like we're in the middle of the summer. Oh. And mind you, this is, I don't know, two weeks after I start at the property. <laughs> so mm. this is the first kind of impression that everyone is getting of me addressing a situation like this. Oh. Liz's decision making is it, on the line here. Yeah. Yeah. How, how is she going to tackle the situation? Oh my God, I'm dying to know what you did. So <laughs> I go into work the next day. I try and call the guest, call the room, call the person that's on the paperwork. Nothing. Nothing at all. Yeah. They check out. Did you charge the room? So I, I was new to the property. I didn't know what to do. Oh my God. Yeah. I didn't uh, know. I didn't know the SOP on this because yeah, I'm the one responsible for the SOPs. I didn't, I didn't write one yet. Uh, oh see, I, I would have gone... I would have gone after him legally. So, Crim- criminal property. And I'm, re- I'm relying on the director of security at the time to be like, mm-hmm. hey, can you give me any guidance here? He goes, well, you can follow up with her. You can call her. What? Mm. Go, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll try. Call. I get her email from the confirmation, like booking. I call her a home. Hey. Uh, oh. Frequent, frequent guests of the oh. hotel that have previously had issues with security and <gasps> all that jazz. Did you get your money from them? So lucky enough, um, it wasn't that much damage. I'm like, okay, well, what am I supposed to do? So we do end up taking her to small claims court. Oh, And yes. she is no longer <laughs> allowed a property, I'm pretty sure. Because of her history. <laughs> yeah. You not only had multiple security reports on you for however many stays you had with us, but you abandoned a watercraft. With were, damage. With damage that you were responsible oh, for. That God. you signed a liability agreement for that said you are liable for any damage that the boat is brought back with. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, people look at responsibility and just say it's they're not gonna they're not gonna charge me, they're not gonna hold me accountable for it, whatever. Well, especially wealthy people in wealthy <clears throat> areas, they think the rules do not apply to them. But we're talking thirteen hundred dollars worth of damage. That's a lot less than I expected. Uh, I've I've had watercraft rentals come back with about ten thousand worth of damage. Oh. So her her little thirteen hundred dollar bill to go to small claims court for, like come on, yikes! But fully abandon the boat. Key is in it, <laughs> untied on a dock in the dark. I'm just so I'm like visualizing this. I'm <laughs> just picturing a boat. Wait, how did it even stay? How did it um, like go aground? Like how was it like? Well, thank gosh, like the. Speed limit in the harbor is only five miles an hour. And you just jump off the boat? Literally. If they were at the shore, they could step off. I mean, those watercraft don't have very deep draft. No. (laughs) Can't even imagine. And, you know, thank gosh someone happened to walk by and say, oh my gosh, is that the watercraft that we're looking for? Does this happen a lot? That a watercraft gets abandoned? No. What about damaged? So since I've been there, oh, I don't know, 15 months or so, we have significantly decreased the amount of damage. But my first four months or so, oh, it was bad. That wow. was, so the story I just told was one of three damaged rentals in a month. Wow. Yeah. One was a very nice uh, couple out of state that went under a bridge, like a really low bridge. And that was the $10,000 worth of damage. Would it rip the top off? Oh, rip the top, rip the frame. We had so do they fiberglass like, damage. Like you ugh. name it, it had it. So do they know not to go under bridges or is that something that is like common sense? You would think it's common sense. There's no such thing. I, I know that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no in our industry or in the world. So uh, this is what I found. You can write all the SOPs, um, tell your staff to say all this safety spiel. But if people are going to go under a bridge, they're going to go under a bridge. Mm-hmm. But like when you rent a watercraft, do you say don't go under bridges? I mean, okay, when you rent a car, like are you going to crash it on purpose? Or like does it kind of just happen sometimes? 
Okay, so it's people misjudging. Or just not paying attention. They get overwhelmed. No. They're in a beautiful place. <laughs> See, I don't think it's e- any of that. Personally, I think it's just safety conversations. People don't give two rips. No. Um, so many, many moons ago, in a previous life of mine, I was a dive instructor. And oh. I can't tell you how many times we would go out for you know, a pre-dive briefing and we would tell people, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And what do they do? Exactly the things you tell them not to do. <laughs> Like, I mean, you prepare them as much as possible and they just don't listen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just crazy stuff. So like uh, there was this one dive that we did about 110 feet was the maximum depth. The surface had a lot of swell action going on. And where we moored in, you tie up to these buoys that have a chain down to a giant concrete mooring block. Where it was, all the mooring blocks had come out of the sand. So they were just basically this giant 10 foot by 10 foot by six foot ish concrete block now the wave action was big enough that we were telling everybody before we even got in the water do not get near the mooring blocks period like stay away from them don't get near them don't hold on to the chain none of that why well the swell action that we had was probably good five to six foot swells so on the surface like people on the boats getting out there were seasick and throwing up and whatnot oh no as soon as you get underwater and you get down a, a, a fair depth, you get away from that surface action. But the problem is that you've got a boat tied to a chain connected to this giant block. So when the boat lifts, guess what happens? Everything else lifts. Everything else lifts. Physics, Ooh. right? So these big concrete blocks were lifting off the, the bottom by a foot or two, which if you're... Such a safety hazard. Yeah, if, oh you're, if your foot, a fin, whatever, was to get under that block when it thumps down... Oh. You're not you're not getting out from under a ten by ten by six Ooh, foot concrete shit. block, right? <laughs> oh. So we're given the safety briefing, explaining everything to do and everything not to do, and it happened to be the final dive for this woman on the boat. So she had the good fortune to have two instructors with her, and oh. so we dropped to the bottom. We're doing our skills. We moved out deeper to where these mooring blocks were because we did the skills in shallower water. And what does she do? She immediately gets next to one of these concrete blocks. Oh my god! You know what does she want to do? Just touch it. I don't. Honestly, I have no idea. (laughs) I have touch the butt. Touch the butt. I have no idea what her intention was. So I mean, we dropped in the water. We we did our skills at about thirty five feet. We went down to one hundred and five or so. She gets near this block, and my co instructor that I was with obviously grabs her and pulls her away from it, looks at me, looks at his watch, and we had hit the bare minimum. I think we were at 21 minutes, which you have to have a certain amount of time for the dive to count towards the certification. And if I remember Mm -hmm. correctly, it's 20 minutes is your minimum dive time. We hit 21. He looks at me, he says, 21. We grabbed her. We start to go. Let's go. (laughs) We were done. Wow. Yeah. Unfortunately, I had to do a 110 foot ascent from the bottom because we were just we were done we had to get this woman out of the water well don't you have to wait yeah so like every yeah so at 15 feet you have to do a, a safety stop for a couple right. of minutes it's not a big deal huh. but um it's like equilibrium well it, it actually has to do with mixed gas in your blood oh, and am i am i dumb right now <laughs> wait didn't you nearly <laughs> die in like one of these situations yeah if i remember that correctly i've nearly drowned three times fork what yeah fork and shirt balls um one was a free diving thing where I went too deep, stayed too long, and almost drowned on the way up. Um, one was an entrapment. I got stuck under a ledge. Um, I got silted out. We were going through this canyon, and uh, the folks in front of me were taking bigger fin strokes than they probably should have and kind of silted me out, and I couldn't see mm. very well. And I wasn't going exactly where I should have been. I got off to the side a little bit, okay. and I, I heard a clank. That was my tank hitting the coral above me. Oh, no. Yeah, and then I tried to back out, and my <gasps> my gear was caught. My straps were caught. Oh, God. Yeah, so that was a little stressful. A little. Just a little. Well, no, that was, that was a little stressful. But what made me panic was that my dive partners came back around behind me and tried to pull me out. But I had already started taking off my gear because I was going to basically just get myself out of the situation. Okay. And as I'm like... I'm just barely able to get my fingers in. I unclick my straps. I'm starting to wiggle out of my BC and I feel my leg yank 
Oh, I would freak. It Why is that bad? Freak- just someone pulling your leg? You're in the well, ocean under a water yeah, and your I'm, leg gets pulled? I'm, oh. I, I'm in 40 feet of water, right? It's, like, it's why, like, who's pulling on my leg? Oh, you think it's like a shark or something? I didn't know what it was. <laughs> shark your hands. But, well, and then here's the worst part is that when they, when the guy that grabbed my fin pulled it, he only pulled it once. So it was like, it was like, oh, it was startling. It, it startled me. And then oh. there was no follow up. And oh I'm my like, God. what the hell was that? <laughs> So I ended okay. up I ended up wiggling out of my gear and I kind of side slipped out of the thing and and got my gear back on. Um, oh. But are you like half conscious at this point? No, I totally totally conscious. Yeah, I'd, it was it was an entrapment thing. It wasn't like a near drowning thing at okay, that point. Okay. What else? Oh, I had an uh, equipment failure where my um, my pressure gauge oh my. Um, cracked off of the hose like it, it split at the coupling. Yeah, so I lost all the air out of my tank in a matter of <gasps> just a couple minutes. Oh. <laughs> and how far down were you? That was shallow. That was uh, 45 feet or oh, so. Oh, just 45 feet. Just 45 feet. Well, no big deal. Okay. I, I'm not going to go into the physiology and the physics of, of expanding air, but it, even at 45 feet, if you have no air and you're making an ascent, you never feel like you're going to run out of air because the air keeps expanding in your lungs. Oh my God. So you know so, what we're saying? That sounds really, that's deep. 45 feet is nothing. But see, I That come sounds from, really deep to me. But I come from like an aquatic athletic background and... Like pools, I'm good. But like ocean, open water, pools deeper than 12 feet where I can't see the bottom, I freak out. See, I'm very much that way too. Like I tend to have very high anxiety in blue water and at night. Yeah, Uh, at night. You don't know where Jaws is. Well, yeah. So, fun note. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, <laughs> sorry. You guys are going for the the Pink Panther theme or something. <laughs> um, no, so like, God, it's gonna go down a really weird path for this show, but whatever. A normal scuba tank, I would normally get anywhere between seventy and ninety minutes off of it. Like if everything is just calm and I'm cruising along and not working with students, just diving for fun. We did a night dive that I had to do to finish a certification level. Okay. <gasps> horrific experience. Mm. I had so much anxiety. Okay, so there was there was a point where we got out on the reef and we found um, the bioluminescent algae. So, you know, you turn oh, off your yeah. lights mm, and you kind of wave mm. your hands in the water and you see the glow. Oh, yeah. That cool. was really fun, right? Yeah. yeah. Except when you turn the lights back on and you think that you're like a foot off the bottom and oriented vertically. Oh my God. And the lights come on and you've drifted like 15 feet up. You're on your side and you realize when the lights come on that what my ears are telling me is level and what my eyes are telling me is two totally different things. Ooh. And you have no idea which way is up. No. And you instantly get nauseous and you want to throw up (laughs) and then you start panicking. Talk about vertigo. Yeah. Yeah, Panic attack. So, So that tank that I would normally get 90 minutes off of when... Like there's when no you're stress panicking. and, and oh I'm cool. my God. Oh yeah. When you're breathing so much. Oh. Yeah. Less than 20 minutes <gasps> is, was my bottom time. Um, oh. we were on the outer reef, which is a good, probably 400 yards offshore. Mm-hmm. So a good swim, right? Ooh. So everybody else has plenty of air. I'm the only a-hole <laughs> that doesn't have air. So guess what oh. I get to do? You get to go up and swim. I get to surface mm-hmm. at night and kick back with on the surface with all my gear. No. That's no joke. 1,200 feet back to shore at yeah, night. 400 yards is with no With jaws joke. chasing you. Well, in your... In, your, in my brain. In your brain, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Oh, how... I cannot imagine. With all that gear, though. I mean, yeah, fins will help you, but not by much. Well, then, like, the technique for getting out at night is different, too. So it's ideal that you have somebody on the beach with two lanterns. And they don't have to hold them, but you station them on the beach in line at different heights. Okay. So when you're out in the ocean, you know your approach when you can line the two up and all you see is like the two lanterns stacked. Right. And then you swim straight for that. So when I popped up, I was on the outer reef, but I have to get around the inner reef first. So when I popped up and I looked at the shore, I'm looking not directly behind me. I'm looking off kind of like the eight o'clock direction, if you will. Hmm. And the lanterns are in totally different alignment. So I have to swim like way out into more open water to line them up to be able to swim back in. With all of your gear. Yeah. Yeah. I drowned. And like when you're fully geared Straight up like up. that, you have to kick on your back. You don't go face down because you can't. So yeah. you're oh, swimming. The, the tank's on your back. That's got to be heavy. You have to go on yours. On yeah. Your so <gasps> you fill up your jacket. <laughs> you, 
like my technique, I would fill my jacket, I would cross my arms and I would just start to kick and kick and kick and try not to think about what is below you. Oh God. And hope you're going in the right direction. <laughs> yeah. To have that person in a pool, if I swim in a pool and it's nighttime, I start to get panicky that there's something underneath me and that's a freaking pool. Yeah. And I you know there's nothing the, in it. I know. And you, in your mind, you're like, I know there's nothing in this pool. There's no shark. There's no this, but in the ocean. Oh, yeah. the ocean. I Oh, God. <laughs> so the, the shop that I worked at was a small mom and pop shop. And there was only what the, the owner was an instructor. One of the guys that worked there, like the work, the counter was an instructor. There was a primary instructor. And then I would fill in periodically. I remember going out on a dive with them once. We took the boat and there was this guy that was on the boat that kept bragging about the fact that he was a master scuba diver. Ooh. Sounds fancy. Okay. <laughs> And to say that you're a master scuba diver is not, it's, it's not like there's no merit to it because you've gone through your basic, your advanced open water, you've done a bunch of specialties, you've, you've done some stuff, but you're not a pro. If you're a dive master, if you're an instructor, if you're, you know, whatever, those are pro level. So we're out on the boat with this guy and <laughs> God, he said something to the, the primary instructor, this guy named Warren. He said something about, you know, I've got 50 dives or something like that. And mm. Warren looks at me and he says, this month? Oh. <laughs> yeah. So I'll put you in your place. It didn't with this guy. This guy oh, it didn't even register. I don't know if you know much about scuba, but there's different gases that you can dive on. Like nitrox is for shallow water diving. Okay. Warren was in the water so much that he only, for the most part, he only dove on nitro. Hmm. Um, nitrogen becomes a built up gas and it causes problems. So he would always dive on nitro. This guy that we're out with... We do the dives. He doesn't listen to the safety briefings. He doesn't listen to anything that we are sharing with him in advance, right? Of course. We do the dives. It is a nightmare the entire time. We get back to the harbor from the second dive and we're washing gear. Now, do you scuba dive? Uh, no. Okay. Can you tell? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> so when you're washing gear, there's a very structured way that you wash your stuff. Okay. okay. The very first thing you wash, your regulators. Mm, and mm -hmm. as the instructor working the boat and I'm having to wash gear... I'm always washing my regulator first. Okay? 100%. The reason for this is that the last thing that you wash is the wetsuits. Okay. Okay. Nobody admits it. Everybody does it. People pee in their wetsuits. Oh, it's warm. Ah. Okay. That is why the wetsuits are always washed last. That makes sense. So, you know, you start off with a nice clean bucket of water. You do your regulators. You do your mask. You do your snorkels. You do all the incidental stuff. You do the booties. You do the wetsuits. And by the time you're done, it looks like... What does the water look like? Chicken stock. <laughs> it looks like chicken Yum, soup. <laughs> so this guy who's been a punk ass the entire time we've been on the boat, as we're finishing up everything, and we've already washed his gear, he walks up, he says to the other instructor, he goes, you need to wash my gear better. Oh, excuse oh. me. And <laughs> Warren looks at him, he goes, I'm sorry. He goes, I didn't see you wash my regulator. I want to see you wash my reg. Okay, yeah, we'll wash oh, it now we after will. the wetsuits. <laughs> so Warren looks at me and we goes... absolutely will. Warren looks at me and goes, sir, I am so sorry. <laughs> Grabs his regulator, dunk, 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 oh! dunk, dunk. In the chicken stock. In the chicken stock. <laughs> <laughs> Good half dozen rinsings, right? Oh, that's what a lot of guests need, that honestly. Just me the chills. That's so gross. That's so nasty. A lot of our guests need a few dogs. A few dogs. Have their regulator dunks. rinsed in the chicken stock? Yes. Yeah. Is that going to be the catchphrase now? I know. Mm. Ew, let's not. <laughs> <laughs> Dunk them in the chicken stock. Yeah, let's let's not and say we did. I know, right? Ugh. Oh, my God. So I guess on that, do you have a, a worst guest or whatever you call them in your industry mm. that would top that? Oh, man. I d honestly don't know if I can top that, but I do have a good one from recently. Okay. And it had to do with uh, paddleboards and kayaks. Mm. Yeah, so a uh, guest comes, wants to rent however many paddleboards and kayaks. Okay, cool. They radio us to set them up. My team is so generous, they don't really follow what the radio says. Say it's two kayaks, two paddleboards. They'll just set up whatever the guest wants. Okay. And, uh, you know, I should have started this, but um, we got a call that said, hey, just a heads up. These guests might give you a headache, so Ugh. just a heads up. Again, gut feeling. Yeah. You always have that gut feeling. I'm like, all right. So it was a good teaching moment for my staff saying like, okay, look, 
I get you're wanting to accommodate the guests and give them whatever they want. But if you're radioed for something specific, you need to set up whatever you're radioed for because the guest needs to be charged accordingly. So if we're giving them extra equipment, you need to communicate that. Yeah. So uh, it's a large, large family, like two sets of families, like probably five adults, like seven kids. It's a lot. The parents let the kids go out first on whatever paddle boards and kayaks. And then they decide, well, let's go to the bar. Let's go get a drink. With the kids on the water? Kids are on the water. Oh. Well, they have, they have, they have life jackets. They only have the equipment for an hour, right? Oh, okay. It's calm. It's calm. The water's calm. Not really worried. And they're old. They're older kids. I was going to say, how old, are the, how old are they? The the young ones doubled up on the equipment. So if like, say an eight-year-old was with hypothetically a 14-year-old. Okay. Um, so that was kind of the combination of kids on equipment but of course the parents decide to go get a cocktail we want a cocktail and then we'll then we'll go out so it's like 20 minutes and the parents finally go out on their perspective paddleboards and kayaks and we're like all right cool like have a great time and then i give the coaching moment to the team all right if they want more equipment you need to communicate because we need to charge them accordingly yeah very manager mindset i'm always thinking about my revenue but in the back of my head right and hour goes by and it's it's a weekend it's a saturday or sunday i can't remember hour goes by the parents come back (gasps) no kids no kids (laughs) oh jaws parents come back and they go hey the kids come back we're like "Mm, no 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 you didn't see him out there (laughs) dun dun they go dun dun no we didn't see him all right well i'm sure they're just out having a great time why don't you just hang out and wait for him Oh, okay. <laughs> what else are we supposed to do? That they're on the water in swimsuits. Like there's there's no there's no way to find them. Oh God. Right. So then of course, uh the alcohol kicks in. The parents start freaking out. Mind you, it's been close to an hour and a half at this point with no sign of the kids. Mm. Mm. So of course, parents are freaking out. Get security involved. Call Harbor Patrol. Have them start looking for kids on paddleboards and kayaks that are just oh. out stranded. And uh, I kid you not, another like 20, 30 minutes goes by. And I'm there just trying to calm these parents down as much as possible. As much as possible. And mind you, their stay has not been great so far. So they have plenty to complain about. Don't they always? They always do. So I'm trying to calm them down. They want to talk to a, a manager about an employee that treated them incorrectly. When Meanwhile, your kids could be your kids could be drowning and you want to complain to the manager about an employee. OK, sorry. L- literally. Oh so they asked for a specific uh, employee's manager. And I go, unfortunately, they're not here today. Uh, is there anything I can assist you with? You know? Trying to put fires out. That's all we do in this industry is put fires out. Your kids are out your there. Your kids are literally like you called Harbor Patrol to look for your children. And but you're you want to complain. Co- oh, my God. I can't. I can't even. So I'm like, all right, well, they want a cocktail. Can I offer you a cocktail while you wait? <laughs> so they get drunker. <laughs> God. They take the cocktail. <laughs> of course they cook the cocktail. And then uh, security radio says, hey, uh, I have these kids like down here on the edge of property, like on paddle boards. Like, are you missing any equipment? I'm like, oh, my gosh, I think we found your kids. <laughs> so security tells him, like, yo, you need to get back. Like right now, your parents are very worried. We have so many people looking for you. It takes them another like 20 minutes. So they, they had rented the equipment for an hour, right? Oh, and it's been a solid it's like o- over close, two, two, over and two and hours yeah, at this yeah. point. Yeah. So finally, the kids get back and I, I'm there like waiting, making sure they're OK, making sure they're safe, making sure they're not hurt or anything. Kids get back and I say, hey, hey, was everything OK? They go, Oh, yeah, it was great. We went to, you know, they give me a landmark that is very, very far away. And I go, you went all the way there and back? Like, are you exhausted? Because you shouldn't you shouldn't have gone that far. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> So finally, uh, the family is reunited and all, all the parents want to do is just get out of there. They want to go back to their room. They want to freshen up for their dinner reservation. I thought you were about to say they want to go back to the bar. Well, I made the joke with them. I said, well, what are your plans for the rest of your stay? Oh, well, we're definitely going to dinner. I said, all right, well, have a glass of wine for me. (laughs) And she goes, girl, I'm having tequila because I need it after today. Oh my God. 
So yeah, gut feeling. Yeah. Yeah, but like stuff like that. I have a really hard time with people that demand compensation for situations like that. It's like you had the opportunity to have a chaperone with your kids and you chose to go to the bar. Mm -hmm. So how does this, Mm. how is this my problem? Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of times in the industry, you know, they just want to be heard. They just want to be listened to. So that was... Which is fine. But why does everything have to have compensation attached to it? Seriously. I See, th- I'm so... I I still vividly remember my platinums. Like they check in a little bit after like check-in time. I want 100,000 points, Mr. Mm. Mr. E. Can I say that? I don't remember. <sighs> Mr. E. Anything would go wrong. He's like, I need 50,000 points. For what? Anything. That was, that was the dude that was the smoker, right? Yep. Who <laughs> destroyed our rooms. And destroyed. wanted 50,000 points But yeah, it. would never admit that he smoked in the rooms. But he was the worst chain smoker ever. But anything would go wrong. Like, because he stayed there, what, like once a week? Uh, yeah. Wow. At least Easily. once a week. And because he worked at the corporate offices across the street. I was going to say, was it and for if, business? Yep. And anything would go wrong, whether, you know, a, a power outage or Someone's a plumbing a fire issue, alarm went off, anything. anything, he would immediately come up and be like, he knew the game. He knew the yeah. system. I want compensation. Oh. When I checked in, the agent didn't address my level. So you need to compensate me. Anything. He knew the game. Worse. See, now he would fall into abuse and fraud. You better give our friend his info. <laughs> <laughs> That's water under the bridge at they this point. They can do point, some research. I know. That guy, I still remember him and I still remember his name. I do too. <laughs> I will never forget his name. Yeah. He would chain smoke in the room and completely chain damage rooms. Smoke. So. We I don't, went. I don't know if he was chain smoking in the rooms, though. I think it. I think what it was. No, 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 no. Hear me out. You I, can't make a room smell that bad if you're not smoking inside the room. He would keep the balcony door open, but I know. You remember how drunk he used to get? He yeah. was a belligerent drunk. He would go through ridiculous amounts of alcohol. When you're that fucking wasted, if you're smoking out on the balcony, I'm sure he went into that room and then was smoking. Yeah, fair enough. I thought he was just such a heavy chain smoker that it was just him? in everything about his body. There's no way. Uh, well, yes, but you weren't even supposed to smoke on the balconies, by the way. That's we're not uh, smoking property. You're not allowed to smoke in the balconies. So he had a specific room. It was right. His that he requested room. every no, no, no. single time. We weren't allowed. Not even allowed. Okay. We couldn't rent it out to anyone else. What? Eh, sure we could. No. It smelled so bad. Front desk over here. Oh, that's true too. We could not because oh, the guests you would couldn't immediately okay, okay. come out. No matter how much they sprayed it, shampooed it, they they could have burned that I room. thought you were saying he demanded. He that, did. Oh. But we couldn't rent it to anyone else. It smelled so bad that they would immediately come and complain and we would have to comp them a night. That's how bad it smelled. Mm-hmm. So basically that was his so room. So prevent it, you just wouldn't sell the room. Honestly, we couldn't. Oh, like no. if we, whenever we sold out, I still remember the room number. That room was the last one to go and we know. Then you knew they would come back. Whichever guest checked into that room, they would say, this is unbelievable. You're a non-smoking hotel. And we would have to comp their night. And so when we got our renovation, everything's ripped out all new rooms. Do you remember the GM at the time was like, you know, we have to tell him no smoke in this room. I'm going to talk to him. We're like, yeah, you do that. Yeah, He's going to listen with that. real good. Crazy alcoholic, chain smoker. We're not at that property anymore, but I guarantee he's still doing the same stuff. Mm. Oh, God. oh, I'm sure. That, you know, that property had some fun stories, though. Do you remember the room that the two women got into the fight? I do. And that's still in my like nightmares. You know, the detectives still talk to me. No, really? Remember I called you? recently this was what? years ago i got called by a detective who was like asking me questions and th- how many years ago was this that was well it had to have been it was either 2017 or 2018 the detective was, called you to talk about that incident yes and i ended up calling bill oh wait am i allowed to say that Call, that you called me okay. yes yeah. <laughs> call my friend over here. and i was like do you remember this right. and he remembered it distinctively but they called me because she is suing that other girl <gasps> yeah so basically what happened was these two women got drunk and then got into a fight in the room a physical fight physical fight okay. a lot of blood the woman that Ew. started it got schooled <laughs> like she was taken to school oh boy from what 
I remember from the police reports and the amount of blood in the room, the other woman clocked her with a champagne bottle, like just domed her, took her out. I'm speechless right now. It's crazy. The amount of blood in the carpet, I, I can't even tell you. I used everything from regular carpet shampoo to stuff that was specifically formulated to take blood out of carpet. Couldn't wouldn't take it out. out. Had to recarpet the room. Tried everything. We, and whenever they shampooed it, it would just keep coming up. Yeah, it would just keep wick. Okay, but up. did we have to call 911? Oh, of course. The police oh, were yeah. there. Medics, whole oh, yeah. thing. Go to the hospital, stitches. Well, that that's all the good stuff. We were just talking about the aftermath part. Oh, yeah. man. I'm here like concerned for her safety. <laughs> Yeah, she's fine. She's suing. Taken out with a champagne bottle. But yeah, that detective has still talked to me since then. I'm like, I don't even remember what I had for lunch last week, let alone like you literally of... don't. No, I don't. I can't. I can't tell you what I had for lunch last week. Even and yesterday. let alone, I had to call my friend right here, Tevin. I'm like, do you remember this? He's like, oh yeah. And he gives me all these details. I'm like, oh, I do remember that vaguely. That's not even my worst blood story. I don't want to like get too like scary no, into it. Please go. Oh, That's what it's we're here like, for. by the way, I have a lot of trauma from my industry and things I've been through. And I will never forget this. I, it was one of, it was my first big property. One of those big box hotels gotcha. in uh, the Southern part of the state. And uh, so I, I was learning how to deal with big hotels because I come from like a smaller property okay. and I was being trained by the director of safety and security, how to mm. respond. So I know a lot of this now, but I was learning how to respond to emergency incidences and this and that. And fun fact to any listeners out there, um, one of the worst holidays is actually Super Bowl for hotels. Oh, 100%. Super Bowl. So I'm, I'm working down at the front desk in the MOD in the evening on Super Bowl Sunday. And we get a call from a room that was like the room next to me. They're screaming. They're fighting. And someone needs to come up right away. And so I immediately respond. And the protocol is, you know, you radio security and Thank God the director of security was working that evening. The two of us respond to the room and we're listening outside the room and we hear yelling and arguing. And the protocol is that you immediately call the police in any of those instances because domestic situations are the ones that most commonly escalate to violence Mm -hmm. and murder. Most of the time when there is a murder, it's a domestic issue. So you immediately call the police. And I was like, well, why don't we just knock and like, you know, tell him to calm down. But he's like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. And he explained the protocol and how it works. We're like, okay. So we call 911. And then while we're waiting for 911, we start hearing. We start hearing physical no. altercations. And I'm standing outside the door and I'm just looking at him like we have to do something. Like, what do we do? What do we do? We have to do something. And he's like, we can't do anything. And we're listening Mm -hmm. outside of this room. And I'm hearing this woman crying and being, you know, brutalized and being told we can't do anything. And I was very new in my career. I was a supervisor at the time. And I was just like traumatized that I couldn't stop, step in. But he explained, he's like, these situations often escalate. There could be a weapon. She could be hurt. You could be hurt. We well, can't yeah, you put, don't want to you put yourself in harm's way. Yeah. And, you know. Well, I mean, you're going into the situation calm. Yeah. The person that's involved in the situation is clearly angry and yeah. is already violent. So, you know, putting yourself into that situation, it's going to be bad. Yeah. But, you know, to your point, the protocol says one thing. Yeah. I- I'm like you. I don't know if I could have or would have not done something to break that up see i if i had not had someone else senior there in charge i again i was a supervisor i was young in my career and 100 at least knocked on the door i exactly i was like why can't we just knock why can't we break it up and he was very by the book he's a former mm-hmm. police officer sheriff's department like all that and well, he's like this is the your, protocol make your presence known like hey i'm ah. here we hear this i said that and you know i was told one direction i had to sit there and take it yeah and the police, he did call and he said, you know, to hurry it along, which to me, it felt like ages. So we're waiting for the police to arrive and the guy exits the room and takes off down the hallway. The police aren't there yet. The guy takes off down the hallway. And you just have to stand there and like watch him go. I'm like mm. shocked. My hands are up. My director of security chases after him. Okay. And he leaves. And my immediate is like, I need to make sure this person in the room is okay. Wait, so he wouldn't knock to break up the fight, but, but he then he'll after chase him? after the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Logic. Yeah. So he chased after the guy, you know, don't know what happened. Apparently the police happened to be like arriving on scene. So when the police arrive on scene, they wait for backup. So the police are just down there chilling because there's only one squad car there. Mm, they were waiting mm-hmm. for additional response. Yeah. So they were able to intercept. So the guy runs away. 
I immediately like the girl who's in the room and I immediately enter the room. She is kind of like similar to our situation. She's just on the floor in the middle of the pool of blood, just covered in blood. And she's crying. And I immediately like wrap my arms around her. I broke all, I was not professional whatsoever. I wrap my arms around her and I tell her it's going to be okay. And she kept crying and saying how it was her fault and how she shouldn't have provoked him, how she shouldn't have said that. She's covered in blood. She was like just beaten. Blood everywhere. I'm hugging her and she's just saying it's her fault. And I like broke down. I was crying holding her. Mm -hmm. And like that is like literally one of the most traumatic things from my hospitality career that will like, I feel like never leave me. (laughs) And so whenever I think like, I know, right. It's one of those things where it's like, it's an interesting life lesson to learn. Yeah. I mean, about yourself, about other people, about people's behaviors, et cetera. Yeah. And just to see things, you know, like you may, you know, like stuff I wouldn't tolerate or things in a relationship, but there Mm -hmm. are certain people out there who I wouldn't say like tolerate it, but have been through different paths than me and see something like that. And they take it to be like their own fault. As opposed to, you know, me who would just be like, no, it's that jerk. But <laughs> to see it from somebody else's perspective and to feel so helpless and I mean, like there's nothing I could do. The really unfortunate side is that she was beaten twice yeah. physically, but more frequently she was beaten emotionally to be able to accept the fact that it was her fault when it was clearly not her fault. Yeah. Oof. MOD moments. And people just think, you know, the hospitality career is just checking people in, giving people keys and dealing with drunks, which Mm. a lot of it is true. But the things that we see and the things that we experience and go through are crazy to say the least. I'm sorry. We we don't like that word, but is there any other word for that? No, I don't think so. (laughs) Well, me coming from like so many years at a private club, you know, my previous property, you got to know these people. And if they got hurt or got sick or anything would happen to them, you felt a connection to him yeah like i i once had this guy um have a heart attack on the golf course oh yeah and i was like one of the few people like cpr first aid aed (sighs) certified like on property yeah and you responded to him yeah oh thank goodness he was like close to the clubhouse so we get a call like hey so-and-so is having a heart attack on this hole like we need help so i like grab the bar manager at the time it's like yo we need the ad you need to get me on the golf cart you need to get me there like immediately yeah and lucky enough the group behind them had a police officer oh playing in the group so he was able to call 911 perform cpr and like by the time we even got there paramedics were already there Wow. We like met them like at a bridge. It was it was wild. Yeah. We were like, OK, we know exactly where we're at. Like this is where this guy is and he needs like everyone's help. Wow. Mm-hmm. Did he make it? Oh, yeah. Oh, thank God. Oh, yeah. Mm. Came to on the golf course. Wow. Paramedics like uh, shocked him with their AED. We helped as much as we could. We cleared the golf course and everything. Oh, yeah. OK. By the way, PMMOD shift. This is what you have to deal with. I would never PMMOD sign up for that. shift. Never. And it's always, we're always a supervisor because managers get the luxury of usually working during the day. Mm-hmm. PM, MOD, you are the grunt. You get the mm-hmm. PM shift. So you get all this. All my, most of my crazy stories are from when I was PM, MOD. Yeah. So this particular, I, it's my, my, my a couple weeks in. PMMOD. Oh, you're still a newbie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big box hotel. And that same thing, a call from an, another room that they hear some altercations going on. I respond to the room. You never respond alone. You always have someone come up with you. So I went up. We didn't have security at the time because we only had security overnight at this property. So there's a lot. By the way, that's most hotels. Mm -hmm. The hotel in which some of us may work at, um, we have security 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. That's not a thing. 99% of hotels. Most of the most, most Small to mid-sized hotels. Not a thing. It's only overnight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have overnight security and their contract. They're never any good. The day staff is the ones that... We deal with it. Wow. So I go up to a room and I have my training behind me. I know the kind of situation that's happening. I call PD. I wait to respond. I go I go down and I wait for the police. I take them up. We're chatting on the elevator talking about, oh... How many calls have you had in this area? You know, chatting, all that. And super casual. Mm-hmm. Super cash. And then my director happened to pop in at that point, which it was like seven o'clock at night. I'm like, what are you doing here? He's like, oh, I just came to grab some. Like, 
it was fluke. crazy absolute yeah. fluke and so he, he's like oh I'll he sent the engineer home he's like oh I'll stay with her so it's me and my director just up there chilling we escort them to the room we knock they're like oh do you mind tapping the key we tap the key like out of nowhere guns a blazing <laughs> it was one moment we're all chill and the next thing you know their guns are out I can't even say how that happened. Yeah. It happened so fast. And they're yelling. Mm-hmm. And my director <laughs> immediately grabs me, shoves me. And like we happen to be near an uh, like an ice machine, like a, a, a cove. And he just shoves me in there first and then jumps in. Like behind just, you? Yeah, he, he literally like it was maybe like a door down. And we like, kinda, let's like, protect yeah like yourself it's it super sweet but he <laughs> shoved me into the alcove and then like jumps in as their guns are blazing like they gave us no warning it mm-hmm. was just oh everything's cool we're gonna check on it da, 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 da. guns <laughs> <laughs> like what they couldn't like whisper to you like hey hey you're gonna want to step back up to this it's gonna get serious no just oh, okay knock 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 guns <laughs> <laughs> so okay so i'll share i'll share one of those too then so do a check-in on this couple that comes into the hotel not two minutes after they checked in we get a call from the ota saying hey potential fraud two minutes i'm not even exaggerating oh, literally two so minutes so Myself, I, at the time, I was the director of rooms. I take the front desk manager with me. We go to the room. Now, they're on the fourth floor. That's going to be an important okay. important, okay. <laughs> important point here in a minute. We go up to the fourth floor. We knock on the door. This guy comes to the door, and I explain to him, hey, there's a problem with the credit card. We need to have you come out and have a conversation with us. And the guy says, oh, well, you know, it wasn't my credit card. Let me get my girlfriend for you. Mm. So he goes back in the room. She comes to the door. Now, every time they're interacting with us at the door they're barely opening the door like you can see the one person right so now i've seen the guy his girlfriend comes to the door we're talking to her their conversation about why the credit card is not going through is completely sketchy we know that it's stolen we Mm. we're trying to get a feel for the situation while i'm waiting for the the resort services cop to show up okay now i've already sent him a message where hey we're on the fourth floor we're at this room need you to come up. So as we're talking to her, he shows up. She gives some BS story, supposed to go back to, you know, talk to the boyfriend kind of a thing. He disappears or she disappears back into the room. He comes back and then he can't answer the questions. So then this third girl comes to the door. Third girl? How many people are there? Well, so that's that's interesting because when we first saw them at the front desk, there was only the two. Of course. Okay. When we were at the room, now we see three. But now my resort services cop is standing there talking to them. I'm on his left. Front desk manager's on his right. The girl that was at the door said something. And then as she kind of turned, the door opened a little bit further. And I see a head in the bedroom duck. Uh, And I remember saying to him, fourth person. (gasps) The gun came out so smooth and so quick. He's standing between me and the front desk manager, but I'm standing at like a right angle to him, like 90 degrees to him. So I'm like squared off looking, kind of like how we're sitting. Yeah, yeah. So gun comes out this way. I see the gun from in the cop's hand. And the person's reaction. My, my front desk <laughs> manager is across from him. His eyes go like the size of dinner plates. It's just like, <laughs> Oh fuck, my God. Right? So like, that's my eyes right life. now. So... <laughs> So at this point, gun comes out and he's demanding to see everybody in the room. Yeah. And the three people that we've initially seen have come forward. The fourth person hasn't. It was a guy. Okay. The person who ducked. Who ducked. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now on my hotel radio, I am now hearing calls that there's someone on a ledge. What? Of the room on the fourth floor? On the fourth floor. So this guy that- Broken leg. Broken knee. Well, no, because he would have fallen to stuff that was yeah. concrete and would have killed him. Oh, God. Yeah, he wouldn't have survived. No. forty. Well, I was thinking of a cat. Can't they like go? You think so- they have nine lives? <laughs> no, there's like a certain number of stories of a cat jumps they live. Yeah, but he's not a cat. Okay, so he he's dies. a human. And he only has one life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this guy rips the window out of the window frame, crawls out onto the ledge. People at the pool are seeing this guy crawling on the ledge of the fourth floor. They're, they start calling the front desk and somebody that was at the pool called 911. Oh my God. So as all of this is happening with guns out on these fraudsters, there's more cops that are rolling because of... A jumper. The they man on the ledge. They think it's a suicide attempt. Oh my God. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it worked out well because now that's my cops. You didn't backup. have to call for backup. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> my eyes are dinner plates too. <laughs> Me too. I'm like, so, oh my god. 
So three out of the four ended up getting arrested, but the guy that crawled out onto the ledge didn't get arrested. Did he get away? Where did he go? Oh, he had to come back in because unfortunately for him, (laughs) the ledge was decorative. So two things. Number one is that it was like that construction foam. It's not structural. It's just aesthetic. The ledge went across the front of their room and ended at a wall on one side. On the other side, it took a right angle and kind of went out and around the building. (laughs) But immediately after it takes the 90 degree to the left, it stops. So the guy got out on the ledge and he crawled, went around the corner only to find that he had to come right back. Oh my Wait, why didn't he get arrested? Because <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't wanted for anything. He's he, just a dumbass who he just was just took a, off. He was a dumbass that panicked. Oh my the god! Other, now the other three people, two of them had warrants. Uh, the guy that initially answered the door had a warrant. The girl that was the boyfriend of the idiot that climbed on the the ledge had a warrant. Mm. The guy that answered the door, his girlfriend didn't have a warrant, but she got arrested. There was something about paraphernalia in her stuff and they just were going to take her to jail. But this is where it went really bad for her is that the cops even asked her while I was there, do you have anything on you that you should not take to jail? Because if if you do, then that becomes a felony mm. enhancement, right? No, I don't. She says, no. <laughs> So into cuffs she goes, off to jail she went. Mm-hmm. They did not have a female police officer on duty at the time when they to had to check her. her. Yeah. So oh. so they called around. They found somebody from like records that came up that did the search. Mm. They didn't search her very well. Uh, yeah, apparently not. She goes to the jail. Oh, now, oh gosh, where is this going? I know. Well, it goes into felonies for her because when they make her change out of her civilian clothes into jail clothes, a um, packet of crystal meth that was hidden in her bra falls out. Oh, okay. Seriously? Like someone even from records couldn't find that? Uh, apparently not. So now Which she's in your bra. Like, come you, on. You lift it. When you go to a concert, you lift your bra. Yeah. Well, so now she's got the charge for taking meth into a prison or into a jail. So you that's an enhancement. You know what, she earned that. She did. Wait, 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 it gets worse. Oh, God. Because now, since she's brought contraband into the jail, what has to happen? Uh, I don't know jail stuff. Mm-mm. Full search. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cavity. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> she was using her prison purse as well. And <gasps> had did we stop up there? She had two syringes that were loaded with heroin. Holy forking shirt balls. Yeah. How do you put that up there? Oh, my well, God. Well, I mean, they've got caps on the needle and the plunger, but you still don't just. <laughs> okay, folks, me and Ms. B are both uh, cringing here in our seats. Okay, just like, <laughs> what? So she she ended up doing uh, time butt stuff. N- no, no one purse forward from butt stuff. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was thinking wrong purse. <laughs> you were thinking a little squat and cough. I mean, I, I don't know drug smuggling stuff, but oh, I, I thought you put it up the back, not the front. No, 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 up the front. Oh God! Yeah, mm-hmm. yikes! Two syringes. Well, speaking of taking stuff up the front. <laughs> <laughs> Liz, <laughs> any fun stuff like that on your boats? Oh, inappropriate things? Yeah. People shoving where it shouldn't be or um <laughs> yes. There have been multiple times like people admit to uh being intimate on our on your watercraft. Yeah. Yeek. Yeah. Gross. Were they testing out the theory that it's not the size of the boat, it's the motion on the ocean? <laughs> No, I really think like it's on people's <laughs> bucket list. Like like Mile High Club. Like, yeah. Like, where can I get freaky? Where like what would be an interesting story for me to tell? You can see everything like you're not hiding from anyone. So it's not one of those watercrafts which has like a private room downstairs. There's no bed. There's no restroom. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's fully open. You know, it's not it's not a large vessel. It's a bench with a sunshade. <laughs> essentially yes and people do it on that yeah they have fully like admitted to uh staff members that like hey sorry bud sorry about the mess oh my god here's a tip they leave a mess they leave a mess do they try to like blame it on the seagulls or something oh no they fully admit it (laughs) fully admit it we actually actually have like um consistent renters that will do it Uh uh-huh and uh, you guys you know still what? rent to them? Well, the staff will take the tip. So does she. <laughs> More than that. Oh See, my now, God. You, you need to train your staff that when <sighs> those people come back, when they get off the boat, mm-hmm. the staff should look at them square in the eye and say, come again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you Thank for Thank you coming. so much for renting from us. <laughs> 
come again soon. <laughs> oh, yeah. People bring all kinds of friends on the water car frontals. Mm-hmm. Lord. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're in the customer service industry. If they come back late, like, whatever, it's not that big of a deal. Like, as long as it doesn't impact the rest of our rental day, it, as long as it doesn't come back damaged. Right? Uh, yeah. They bring it back. But when they mess. come back damaged, don't you have to spend extra time cleaning <laughs> so i kind of leave it up to them uh like mm, cleaning fee no cleaning fee them as in the guest or the associate cleaning it the associate if they were taken care of well enough they're like no 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 don't worry about it i'll clean it <laughs> but if they weren't compensated they get no charge cleaning fee double yeah <sighs> and tip your housekeeper yeah god she deserves it yeah, um, she, yeah she does do you know what's an interesting part of that about the housekeeper deserving it which by the way i have discussed this in many episodes um passionately very Mm. passionately so the i'm sorry were you in housekeeping yes (laughs) oh she's joking (laughs) (laughs) i I love my girls i support my girls and man um so the resort i currently work at actually has a restaurant if you want to call it that it's more a bar that they call a restaurant and they get a very lively clientele on the weekends. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, we, we, we talked about the guy that beat your restaurant exactly. manager. Exactly. Did you talk about that? Oh, girl, I talked about everything. Um, and on the I've got weekends. Some, I've got some binging to do, okay? We share all the <laughs> salacious stories. All oh. of it. So on the weekends, we have a new director of safety and security who's getting a fun awakening to his new property and we were going over a lot of the stuff i already know but i was talking to him about one of the things that's i guess the the most surprising thing that he deals with Mm. and he (laughs) and he said you know the most surprising thing is the amount of drugs that i see (laughs) like what do you mean he's like um if i had a dime for the amount of times i've gone into a restroom and found coke i found this Mm -hmm. and that and by the way this is not a motel six this isn't some kind of dinky rinky dink little place like this is a nice resort on the water in a nice town and rich people love their coke and they love to do it in bathrooms Mm -hmm. and the amount of times like we have security sweeping the bathrooms and just buying coke on the do you know what's really sad too okay i don't want to give too much away but i have a kid people love to do drugs on the the changing tables and they constantly find those down with drugs <laughs> there was nothing else one. with the director of security and oh, what he was shocked poor with guy his first week here we had a former associate who got let go due to posting some <gasps> images online of a weapon threatening the lives of associates so obviously he gets suspended all that jazz but he posted stuff about having a plan the property went on lockdown like it was a huge deal it was scary by the way this is this guy's first week and he's having to coordinate like um shooting what's all the the swat response yeah and we had to hire all these like extra plain clothes police officers to just like stand at station i felt so bad for the guys and it was hot yeah. So every time I walk by, I'm like, bro, do you want a water? Like, but it's this guy's first week at this big resort. He moved. And I grant he came from a resort, but not of this scale. And he's having to deal with disgruntled employees that are posing direct threats and guns. And everyone is like basically in lockdown, but having to operate. And it was just like, you could just look on his face and he's like, what the hell did I get into? Oh, in that same week. No, it was the week. This was his second week, I think. The His second day was the dead body I talked about in a previous episode. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so this guy's been put through the ringer. Wow. Two days in for that. And Trial by Two fire. weeks in for the other. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I see this guy in the lobby. I'm like, how are you doing? I'm hanging in there. But he said something different. We should get know? him I'm on the great. show. <laughs> Honest to God. We should. He, I'm trying to be down. Him. I'll ask him. He's probably just trying to stay afloat right now. Oh, aren't we all? Yeah. You know, it's the best. I had this night out at associate who I still remember and love to this day. And this guy, so he was the night on it. So he comes in after me. So I'm at the desk dealing with this guest, delivering him. I can't remember what it was. Some kind of bad news. 
giving him the options that I had. And he's like, I want to speak to your manager. I'm like, sir, I'm, I'm the director. I'm the highest level you're going to be speaking with. So these are the options that we have. And I lay out the options. And you and then, always take option A. Always. Just do it. <laughs> take option A. But so I'm giving him the options that he has to choose from. And my night audit comes in because he just comes onto a shift, right? He is a gentleman. He comes right on. He's an, not old, but older than me. Because again, young female in leadership, mm. older than me, he comes onto a shift and he immediately looks to him and he's like, oh, there's your boss. <gasps> and basically he says, oh, and there's your manager. And then he goes to talk to him and my night on it, just as cool as a cucumber, sits there, nods and listens to him. And he's like, and then he lets him finish. But you know? like fresh to his shift, has no idea what he's walking into. But no, he was such a great guy. He pretended like he did and he sat there, he nodded and looked compassionately and listened, kind of like standing behind me. And he goes, oh Yeah. Well, unfortunately, you're going to have to talk to my manager about that and points to me. (laughs) (laughs) And the guy's eyes go back to me and I smile. I'm like, again, so what I was saying, (laughs) he just played it so perfectly. It's just like, "Mm, go Mm. copulate yourself. Uh, Manager here, this is what we're doing. And now, guess what? Those options have changed. See, that's the key. When they they pull that kind of Mm -hmm. shenanigans, that's when they go back to you and you say, you know what? Option A is no longer what was previously Uh shared. Uh-huh. Now it's option B, and guess what? Secret option C. Get no, out. It's just G-T-F-O. becomes GTFO. Yeah, it just becomes option option B is yeah. the only one you have now. And it's time yeah. for you to leave. Well, on that depressing note, how about we wrap this here? Probably a good idea. Yeah. All right. Well, Miss B, always a pleasure. Love the the story time and just hanging out with you. Liz, pleasure to have you on. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you you're, as well. Thank you're you welcome so to come much. back at any time. I would love that. Join us again in a couple weeks when we have yet another new episode. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.